0: We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hey guys, today we have such a special episode on the EM Pod. I'm so grateful you're joining us because you are in for such a treat as we talk with Destiny Boyum, board certified music therapist, and your marriage. Oh my gosh, we cover such a gamut today. We're covering family grief, most of all. In our month focused in on marriage communication, how to truly draw closer to one another and allow music to help us to communicate. Whether you're just opening up and getting started in your Enneagram and Marriage Planner as we get ready for a new year, whether you've been with us all year long as we've been walking through this, just been doing the light version on the pod, I'm just grateful you're doing your work. So, once again, give yourself a huge pat on the back, butterfly hug, something to just say good job to yourself amongst all the thousands of negative thoughts that are in our brains daily just in terms of defense and survival. Make sure you celebrate all the work you are doing. I'm so excited that you're doing it with me. I see how much it has really changed my marriage this year and I hope yours too or your future marriage or just your own life if you're not in a relationship. We are all about you growing healthier and truly believing that instead of Each taking power over that when we both get our needs met and feel less stress and feel less uh, angst about how we self-soothe and more information comes to us about how we can do that, then we are all empowered together. Oh my gosh, what a concept that we need each other, that we're a system. And I truly believe that. So I'm extra thankful for destiny coming on. Before we get to her, briefly, I just want to shout out to my nine happy birthday to Melody Jane. She is 15 today, and I know those of you who know her are like 15 going on 50 because she's so wise, and she said that herself, but I'm like, slow down, girl. You are so young. Enjoy being a kid, and I'm even trying to convince her to take one fewer college course this semester, so we'll see if I have any luck there, but most of us know she's got that awake nine lawyer brain. And so I'm here as a guide in these high school years to be her counselor and to say, what do you need? And let's figure it out and let's balance. And she's right there teetering on very, very full, happy and especially glad her name is Melody that we are doing the music therapy episode today and I have a special freebie for you from Melody. It's a really cute what she made for us and I'm so grateful. Some of you know her from the Fun Fridays that she helps me with too. On Instagram, she is truly the person who helped me start the Instagram which now has over 28,000 followers. She is just a businesswoman in the making and it's fun to see her fly. So I will make sure you get her special playlist for all the types at the end of today's episode. But Destiny has so many great tips for us and it is an essential listen. If I could say like top 10 essential listens of the year, this is one of them because she's giving us so much interesting and valuable information for our marriages and especially coming from a research based space. That's why I'm so excited because for those of you who don't know, music therapy is a research based profession where music is used to support people. So she'll tell us lots and lots more about that. But we really, really get nitty gritty about music therapy in couples today because quite honestly, that's not a field that's being explored much. So I'm trying to push that door open a little bit gently in my seven, not harshly, but just gently, let's explore what it means for couples. And we all know like, oh my gosh, you have your favorite songs with your relationship all year long anyway. And we've learned that we have this neuroplasticity in our brain. So we know we can change through music and that, you know, we can even find language again through music. So let's let Destiny blow this open wider. And you're going to see all of her info in the show notes. But for those of you who are running out before the end of the episode, I'm going to remind you, go to the show notes and follow her now at Instagram musical underscore wellness because it will, every time you see her post, it will remind you to draw into healing music for yourself and not the music that's going to draw you apart. Look at cultural movements and see how it shapes our lives and see how powerful music is. Greenberg in Psychology Today talks about how, of course, even the ancients used music and David, before he was king, was used to console King Saul through the usage of harp and lyre and music and i think that it's very important and relevant for us to see he was probably one of the first music therapists that we know that's been recorded about but we have this capacity and ability to release according to greenberg you know oxytocin and prolactin and and different people there's actually different styles of music so if you follow our deeper dive newsletter on tuesdays our new tuesday fire newsletter you get deeper dives into all of this but i just want you to understand like your marriage can fly and soar more because of music or it can truly tank more because of music. So you have to take choice over what you listen to. And that is my word there. So just on the edge of your seat with me as we're listening together and lean into our marriages. Let's learn together. Destiny, I am so happy to have you on the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. We are all ears. Literally, that's so corny, but for music therapy, (laughs) we are so ready for this. I'm sure you hear
1: silly things all the time. I I do. My favorite are the comments that I get in the elevators with a guitar, but there's nothing (laughs) better than elevator music. So,
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, that is total cheese. I love it. Okay. Well, we want to just first, before we get started, I've been asking about how people are finding their bliss lately. So I thought it'd be fun to start there with you and just ask you, how are you finding a peaceful vibe lately in your life? Just something blissful.
1: Yeah. Well, actually kind of ironic. I spend a lot of time in music in my days. I lately have choosing to spend time in silence, um, whether that's driving home in quiet to kind of debrief after the day or spending some time in quiet. At night, after my baby goes to sleep, I'm also sensory person, so I like nice candles and cozy blankets. And
0: mm, that's beautiful. I love that you're finding the silence. We've been, as a group here at Enneagram and Marriage, talking a lot about silence and solitude and stillness. And some of us yeah. need one thing more than the other. So you're right in line with just what we've been learning. Isn't that funny with the sensory? How sometimes you need the opposite. I, I do need both. A good balance of both. <laughs> mm, and you're also in good company that so many people have kids and littles. So, But tell us about you and what you do and a little bit about music therapy and mental health.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. So I personally have been playing guitar for almost 20 years now. I started when I was nine years old
0: mm. um, and
1: of always had a passion for, for music and for people and was hoping to try to figure out how to to pair them together and go into studying music maybe without going into education or performance um, but performance has also been something that's always been a passion of mine so i i never stopped doing that on the side but i i found a way that i could still learn a lot more about music and something that a lot of people don't know about training for music therapy in the schooling is that it's. Um, Really intensely, almost like two majors. We're learning mm. music theory, doing ensembles, and everything that music majors do. But then we're also taking a lot of classes for psychology and anatomy and research, and pairing those things with specific classes also just to music therapy and how to integrate all these things that we're learning. And what it comes down to is that we use music as a tool to help non-musical goals often. So. Mm-hmm. trying to figure out how the different aspects and elements of me influence us and in, in our physiology and in our mood and our memory it's such an amazing tool it's processed globally in our brain so it's practically a part of everything we do and even people that don't listen to music all the time absolutely respond to it. That's a little bit of my schooling. I am actually from Rochester, Minnesota and this is where I grew up and ended up moving back here to practice. Um, I have now been practicing for about six years and I got a lot of my start working in inpatient mental health which transitioned into working in inpatient pediatrics for several years with hospitalized children. The last couple of years, more focused on working with hospitalized adults in palliative care and also kind of a growing presence in our community with recovery groups and using music to support adults who are in substance abuse and use
0: recovery. Wow. Oh my goodness. You have already crossed so many gamuts with your practice and training. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: Thanks. It's um within our team. So actually, I should speak a little bit about my team that I work with as well. I'm work for a company called Healing Rhythms and we're probably about 10 music therapists, give or take a few at any given time. And um
0: mm-hmm.
1: cover twenty six counties in Minnesota, which is like a third of our state. And within that, some some of our therapists work specifically just in hospice or specifically with children. And so we all kind of have our pocket of focus. So mental health has always been a passion of mine. So this is very applicable to all the things that I'm doing on my Instagram page now in my everyday work.
0: Wow! So you're really bringing that to the masses. And before we got on, you were talking about that. Thank you, because as you said, it sounds like we have so many systems that benefit internally and externally from music, as people and relationships, through the end of life issues, as children. And you're really educating the world about what music therapy is, including us here even more. I know I've certainly benefited it from it so much, and so I just want to say thank you for choosing this field and for blessing so many of us. I also want to ask about your relationship, and we're going to talk all about couples, but tell me a little bit about mm-hmm. your relationship and your Enneagram types.
1: Yeah, so I have been, oh, let's see, it's been about 10 years that I've been with my husband. We've been married for about five, mm-hmm. um, so we actually met when we were quite young. I was um, doing post-secondary classes at the local college while he was getting his his first degree, and so we were both from Rochester, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so well, I'll back up just a little bit here. My Enneagram type is a two wing three and he is an eight and we think he's a wing seven, but he's definitely an eight. He's talkative, outgoing, intense, high energy. And um, <laughs> we mm-hmm. contrast each other very quickly. So that was actually one of the initial things that kind of drew me to him. When I first met him, we were in psychology class. Ironically, everything's coming back to psychology and, <laughs> yeah. um, was quiet me sitting in the back of the classroom, and then he would show up. to this us eight a.m. class two days a week, um, either late or wearing a suit.
0: <laughs> so he's
1: <laughs> wearing a suit, and then just kind of banter with the teacher throughout the whole class. Kind um, of you, you know, you know, type A. So <laughs> yes, I do. Um, That's fascinating. Very, the material and talkative and um, outgoing, and was again, it's a very big um, contrast to my personality. So um, yeah, that's, that's, I guess, our initial meeting story. But
0: um, I love that. What a fun way to start out. And what do you think he loved about you? I know you have the softness of a two and you also love to perform and achieve in your three. I'm sure that was just so attractive to him.
1: Yeah, it's uh, the vulnerability piece that apes struggle with, right? Mm -hmm. I think emotions are kind of scary for him and just like I'm I've always been pretty in tune with my emotions and like yeah like you said kind of a soft and um, emotional awareness um but yeah the the type three the wing three is really strong to the point where I've I've thought that I'm a three with the wing two at times um Mm. but we're both really driven driven types and um
0: I say responsible so Mm. Yeah, that's a similar nice values. similar values and responsible. I mean, what a cool combo. You guys really are passionate out there together. Yeah, we we get it done from different angles. <laughs> yes. Well, that's perfect for our segue into couples communication because you have these complementary types that have had to by nature, really reach out and learn from each other. And we know all about how we start out with that bright spot. And then we have our shadows and we have to work through that to find the light on the other side. And we really want couples to learn better communication styles this week, this, this month. And so I wanted to actually ask you a little bit about that um, in terms of music, I wanted to ask you what you think music can really do for couples, and I know that's a huge question.
1: Mhm, yeah, so I mean, there's a couple different ways we can look at that. Um, music in general is a is a shared experience, right? So it's something that people can engage in together, whether they're making it or listening to it um, and it's also fun and it's really orienting to the present moment so we tell people when you're when you're drumming or when you're singing, when you're doing musical things, it's really hard to be stuck in the past or stuck in the future worrying. It's very um, because it's very sensory; it's very orienting to the present. Um, mm-hmm. But apart from like the musical, um, like actively engaging in music, I think that listening and like intentional listening and using music um, can do a lot for our self-awareness, but also relationship awareness. Um, Mm -hmm. and being mindful of how we're using music and for what purpose. Um, And I think there's a lot of similarities that, you know, Enneagram is a great tool for self-awareness, but I think music also is. So I think Mm
0: -hmm. there's some
1: really cool overlap with that.
0: That's so awesome. And I know you were telling me lyrics are very important too for couples connecting, maybe even for people like your uh, partner who really don't always connect with the emotions first. So tell me, and I'm a seven, so I love song lyrics, but tell us about how that plays out in the brain a little bit.
1: Yeah. So lyrics, I think, um, it's almost like we get to experience something through somebody else, right? You know, musicians are such great storytellers. And Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of secondhand experiencing through, through other people's, um, stories Mm -hmm. and, music is so powerful in storytelling and if you really are kind of intentionally thinking about why you're why you connect with songs so strongly and not others mm-hmm. um i think it can tell a lot about um well, I'll, I'll have groups sometimes where we'll specifically walk through like, what are the communication styles we're hearing here? Is this assertive communication? Is this passive communication? Does it, um, Is that how you communicate or is that how you want to communicate? But then there's like layers of, okay, well, like setting boundaries or values. Does, does the music that's important to you reflect the things that are important to you? Um, mm-hmm. And then we could go all into like love languages or support styles and how do you want to be supported and do the songs that you listen to reflect um, like acts of service or do they reflect words of affirmation. And so there's so much that we can do to look inward into lyrics, but also to use that as a tool to share with people Mm -hmm. in our circles. Especially for those of us that have a hard time expressing our feelings.
0: Mm-hmm. It can be a beautiful way, like to share your experience in a, a less vulnerable way. <laughs> like, yeah. this is how this is what I connect yeah. with and this is how I mean <laughs> it. Okay. It all comes back to self-awareness. And you also told me that so much affects our physiology inside and outside of lyrics, but thank you for explaining that to me. And I I definitely think you're right about that. And I know that's I saw your post too about the Taylor Swift songs. Like everyone is really appreciating her storytelling, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Taylor Swift song, I say I'm I'm very drawn to to artists
1: who are using their music as a platform to be really authentic and vulnerable. And so I think that's a really a beautiful platform for that.
0: Hmm, well, I'm so glad. And I feel like from what you also shared, you said the tempo, which is the speed, the harmony, the dissonance, volume, you said familiarity. All of this has so much to do with patterns and wakefulness and sleep. And and I guess I just I've only recently started to hear this as I've been, you know, as I've been learning about the cranial nerves and the poly the vagus nerve. And can you tell us a little bit about how you use? the other elements of music besides the lyrics with, with people, with couples?
1: Sure. Yeah. So um, like I mentioned before, there's a lot of different ways that our brain is like responding to music that are not necessarily um, like, we're not aware of them. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Most of the time we're not aware of them. In, In music, we call it, or in music therapy, we call it entrainment, the way that our bodies kind of naturally sync up to the sounds around us or are looking for patterns. You'll notice like your foot taps to the music kind of spontaneously or just um, mm. two people walking together, sync up and they're walking the same, or you, you'll start, if you're running to music we will often just fall into a beat where we, our brain is searching for um, kind of synchronization with our external world. Mm. Um, and so without even realizing it, we, um I mean music therapists are doing it intentionally but like I with the patients that I'm seeing in the hospital I'm being mindful of a lot of different qualities in music that are going to impact people's physiology and if I'm trying to help somebody fall asleep I'm you know kind of I'm watching the the rate of their breath and if they're on if they're being monitored um I'm watching their heart rate and I'm trying to alter those things actually slow them down or using my music intentionally to to impact the breath. And so those are things that we our body does subconsciously. Like your breathing will kind of sync up with the pace of what you're listening to. And really intense music will energize your body versus music that is designed to help calm your body. Wow. I know I'll sometimes get people that are like, well, I don't like music. I mean that's very very rarely <laughs>
0: Yeah. But I would, yeah, I
1: still kind of respond to them. Okay, well, like, would you give it a try? Because it's your body is going to respond to it regardless if, if you like it or not.
0: Oh, <laughs> um,
1: but 99% of the time, people like music.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. And maybe they can have some lo fi beats or just something that will help them to stay calm and regulated, even if they don't love certain artists or wor- lyrics or things with words, that's right?
1: So, so things that I'm thinking about if I'm trying to, to help somebody fall asleep are yes, a slower tempo or speed, but like predictability and repetition, like your brain really doesn't want to hear like, like a building song, like something that's like leading up to something like it, just something that's very repetitive, predictable. If you think of music that you'll hear with like guided relaxations and stuff, Mm -hmm. it's, A couple maybe chords going back and forth but your brain knows what's coming next um Mm. but thinking about um time signatures i know that's kind of a a musical term for those that are not musical it's like the the timing of what you're counting and like Mm. sleep music or lullaby music is oftentimes we'll put it into this um this duple meter where we're counting to three where it's like one two three one two three one two three which kind of more naturally imitates um like rocking like rocking a baby or like Mm. swaying movement um wow that's neat but there's there's a lot that we're we're being intentional about and I think that um if there are takeaways today um that's one of them that I would hope that we can be more mindful of the different qualities of music and how they can impact our physiology
0: Mm, I think that is huge so many people who are dealing with communication issues forget that music could help soothe them. I just had a couple uh, recently who really could have used just that particular tool and it did not come to mind in my toolbox. So I'm very happy to have that as a takeaway for individuals. And I think some people might be contacting you about sleep rhythms, too, because I think you <laughs> probably have some good recommendations for that, too. I do. I, I spend
1: a helping people fall asleep.
0: <laughs> well, what is one of your main tips? What is a sleep takeaway? I have other couple of questions, but we're all curious about that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, these things that I, that I mentioned thinking of the speed, is it predictable? Is it familiar? Mm-hmm. I think oftentimes music that doesn't have lyrics is is more helpful when you're trying to wind down your brain um mm. but also sometimes seeking out music that's not familiar which is kind of counterintuitive um mm. yeah. but often familiar music evokes more more emotions and memories which is more of is more stimulating to your brain so um yeah music that's that's less familiar. you might actually have more success with sorts of resources on YouTube and Spotify that um people have already kind of accumulated some different sleep playlists and um, I would say start there and see what works for you, but it's not a it's not a one size fits all like there are objectively ways that your body responds to music, but our associations and our familiarity. And like, if your mom was a tuba player, there's like the tuba is going to feel different to you or mean different things to you based on associations.
0: Mm, Wow. So, and I know that we were getting super technical as we cross into brain hemispheres, but I noticed that one side of the brain processes music and songs more. And so when there's stroke victims, we have some of this too. So it's a very real thing to have different memories evoked right
1: hmm yeah i often will talk about um i mean i, I work with individuals who have traumatic backgrounds and mm-hmm. trauma is processed in a very sensory way right mm-hmm. so um oftentimes we have the words to explain our experiences um but music is also a really sensory tool which in my mind makes it a really, like, a really perfect pairing for helping us work through um, difficult things in our past um, because it's, it's a way of experiencing and expressing that doesn't have to necessarily have words.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's very powerful. And so when couples are fighting, would you say that putting on music with no words may be helpful also, or is that different? I think if it helps ground you, like if it helps, um,
1: kind of with the regulation piece, um, it could be a powerful tool. But it, it might almost be something that helps you center yourself to to be more clear minded and in tune with your own emotions to have a more productive resolution to your argument. Um,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. That's-
1: then, shared experience in the moment. Um, that's kind of what my what my gut says. That's a very interesting question. I've never thought about it that way.
0: Well, I love how these interviews, you know, and by the way, guys, she's doing amazing because I always give people twists and turns and I find the most interesting conversations come through our twists and turns. So thank you for going there with me bravely because you have been just all over with every population. So I'm like, I have to ask her this. And I love how you're just exploring that. And you're even out loud processing with us that different Enneagram types, different aspects are going to work. So it's basically try out and see what fits, right? Yep. Yep. (sighs) This is all of this is
1: not, like I said, not a one size fits all, but it's a great place to start and to,
0: to try out new things. Mm, Yes. I love that. And it's so helpful for us to really walk through this with you. And even as we walk through with couples into intimacy, which we did plan to talk about, have you noticed anything that's helpful to set the mood for people in terms of music sexually, or just even romantically?
1: Yeah, no, I've been thinking about this since you sent me some of these, but I think thinking about how I, so much time talking to people how are we going to impact our bodies and our emotions with these qualities of music I think a lot of it can transfer into the bedroom if we want it to and so I think like thinking about what you need and like maybe where you're what you're struggling with in intimacy can help you think about how music could be intentionally or uniquely used to help you so some of the things I was thinking about is like, are you, are you low on energy? You know, is that something that, you know, using music with a faster tempo or like strong rhythms could help, you know, boost your energy or are you too much in your head? You know, so your, your, your thoughts are a problem. Maybe, maybe familiar music is not helpful because you're, like I said earlier, evoking emotions and memories, or maybe you're thinking of people that you don't want to be thinking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that you don't want to feel because emotions sometimes come unexpectedly with music but if you're intentional mm-hmm. then maybe less unexpectedly um, but also it can be really reality or like present moment oriented like I mentioned earlier so like helps to kind of bring you into the now mm-hmm. thinking of you. it could do that but it could also distract you so again it's like very much like being what works for you because mm-hmm. it could you know, music could be distracting to you or you could be distracted without it. Like it could be a focus. <laughs> it could be a focus for you. Um,
0: mm-hmm. But also
1: think of, like which qualities of like the, the music for sleep would help like the repetitiveness and the predictability or maybe the less lyrics. Maybe those are things that would be better music in the bedroom, but maybe again, it's kind of like what, how can you use music intentionally to to meet your needs?
0: Mm, yes. And I, Love that you're really like your point was so well taken to this element too that there are songs that are triggering for us with our mates. And so you wouldn't want to be part of breaking the mood by adding in too many words, just like you said. I mean, of course, some would or if it's the songs and the playlist, which we're going to talk about playlists, but like you really do Mm -hmm. have some control because here we have this limbic system that has memories and a strong emotional capacity. So it makes a lot of sense that I never thought about that. But when you're trying to sleep or be intimate, that you would want to really be intentional.
1: Yeah. And it's again, that's kind of one of the big takeaways, I think, for people that are just listening to this for the first time is that there's so much more that we listen to in the music and respond to in the music that
0: we don't consciously think about. So um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. That is mind blowing. And like you said, people's memories from other times or songs that evoked something tragic or traumatic or vice versa for one and not the other or different song tastes. I know I've been really careful about that with my husband because he has a very sensitive, I guess you would say, parietal lobe, but either way, he's very much a five senses person. So music really matters to him and so does the volume. And so I. Yeah. Would enjoy that more and do enjoy that more, but I am so cautiously sensitive for him that I'm thinking about mm-hmm. that so it disturbs us both because I'm like, I don't want to hurt you. And in fact, we went for a walk the other day on a bridge and there were so many loud cars and I could feel my nervous system rising up. Cause I was like, Oh, I feel bad for him. And I like, feel so bad for you. And he's like, yeah, this isn't very fun. And so like, it was helpful though, cause I finally learned and I learned to name it before he even knew to name it. So I think we can maybe yeah. help each other. Yeah. And then, so I think that like, about
1: like the kind of like the intellectual complexities of music to like when do we want to keep it predictable and simple or when do we want it to be like intellectually engaging like like i said before the classical music Mm -hmm. tends to have like big builds and like spontaneous Mm -hmm. elements that um it's intentionally like attention grabbing like you're you're listening to see what happens next the the music that is designed for being repetitive and like relaxation inducing that you're, you're not supposed to be thinking about what's coming next. It's kind of more orienting to the present.
0: Oh, wow. And I bet as a two, you are so gifted with getting to the heart of the matter and helping people to process. What do you do to help them to process? Do you guys play songs together and do a bit of chat and just all kinds of things, or do you play your guitar?
1: Mm -hmm. All of those things. Yeah. So guitar is my primary instrument and I actually would say most music therapists use it primarily because it's Mm. so style and portable we can play all sorts of different styles of music but we can also accompany ourselves while we're singing Mm. Um, but yeah guitar and oftentimes build rapport through preferred music and you know music that is important to people because because it does, it elicits emotions and memories and it's a quick way to build a connection with somebody.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. And I remember being so touched when it was my father's passing that they played Elvis Presley. I think it was, I can't help falling in love with you, or I can't remember because you know how it is. It's an emotional memory, but I think it was that song. And to be honest, It was just him and I in the room. And I just was like, oh my gosh, this music therapist is on point because they're really going through a a memory from his way long ago past. And it was just so insightful and touching to me that, you know, as you're talking about how you use this, even culturally, just to bring people back to their roots and to their love. And of course I was like, wow, what a romantic memory. So you guys are just spanning the whole brain body continuum. Yeah. yeah, And another
1: note on that is that like the comfort that music can bring, like familiar music can bring to us is so important. Like you think of how we've watched the same shows or movies again for kind of for comfort or like predictability, like Mm. uh, music from different stages in our lives can be like, like an old friend, you know what I mean? It's like that familiarity is really comforting to people. And, um, but also music is a part of most of our early memories and, Memory in general, we could go on a whole nother tangent about music and memory, but like, because music is emotional, most of our strong memories are also emotional. So like, it makes a lot of sense that we have a lot of musical memories.
0: Mm, Wow. Oh, that's fascinating. Well, I'm really glad that you have been willing to go on some tangents with us and I feel like people are just, I mean, maybe for a last question outside of a couple of playlist recommendations, I was going to just say, what do you think you could remind people of when they're feeling like they're dysregulated and they just feel out of sorts? Maybe they've had an argument with their partner. How might you recommend they use music to soothe them in a moment like that?
1: Yeah, well, I think paying attention to a lot of those physiological cues like that music can impact. And um, We'll talk about where you can find my Instagram page, but I've got those listed all over there. But also, we haven't talked a whole lot about the impact that music has on our emotions. And that's another layer to consider um, that a lot of us will do one of two things, I think, with music and emotion. And we're either looking for music to alter our mood or we're looking for music to match our mood and validate it. So, I tend to to ask people to really think about like when you're listening to sad music, why are you listening to it? Like does it make you feel more sad or does it make you like kind of move through the emotion and feel better? So there's a kind of a, a different level of emotional awareness that comes to how are you using your music? And most of us are using it intentionally without even knowing we're using it intentionally. <laughs> um, oh, wow. like we're like, ourselves up you know to to work out or exercise or we're using music because we're sad and sad music makes us feel better and we don't know why it makes us feel better but we're doing it anyways Mm. my biggest biggest thing is just pay attention like listen (laughs) think about what you're listening to and thinking about what you could learn about yourself with what you're listening to and then um, one step further since we're talking so relationally is like what can you learn about your partner from the music that they're listening to
0: Mm, wow that's a really good point that when you hear your partner and their memory and the way that music speaks to them that can really have an effect probably on the quality of the night you're going to have on your date night or just to see how they slow down they're calming down through their music too yeah yeah so yeah
1: so there's so many things to be aware of when you're choosing your music but I think maybe maybe that's one of the takeaways this sitting down and finding the common ground of what music is going to work for the two of you there.
0: And then just knowing what each piece does to you too. And it's just like with like a video game, like when you know something isn't good for you, I think it's probably super important to figure out what isn't good for you in terms of music. And I know, you know, that so much more than me, but some of the kids I love and care for have trauma. And I know that through their adoption and foster care routes they have loved, you know, music with screaming and great lyrics, but just screaming. And I know a lot of other kids who would say, that's not my favorite thing. And each one has that different sensory need, right? Yeah. Yeah. So for the kids that really love that and need that,
1: that probably is meeting a need for them or helping them understand their anger or their complex emotions that they can't explain, but it's like helping them feel them. But I can see that for somebody else, it might put them you know it might completely overstimulate them or make you feel worse i mean there it, like i really noticed that a lot there's those two responses like it either helps you feel your feelings <laughs> and get through them or it like pushes
0: you down further into them. Yeah. It's such a continuum. It's not a, like you said, even when you're thinking, I don't like this, like it's still having an effect on your brain, which goes so well with our episode back in late October with Dr. Jerome, who was really reminding us about how often our bodies are engaging in ways that our brains just don't even, or our, our cognizance doesn't even reflect on. And it's, it's nice for us to remember with you, Destiny, that people need to be aware your body needs things even when you don't realize it. It, And it will call out for things. And even if you don't know the song, you might think, I don't want to hear it, but your body actually might need it. Yeah,
1: it could be. And it, I mean, it doesn't have to have lyrics. There's something in music therapy for everybody, you know, even the people that might not want to listen yeah. to music.
0: It's <laughs> so cool. I did not know that, but I, it makes complete sense as I know it's sort of a young science, but you're reminding us music therapy has been around guys and you're missing out if you aren't part of it, it's been such a blessing in my life. And I'm so glad you've shared today. What are some playlists that you recommend people start out with as they're just on this musical therapy journey?
1: Yeah, well, so one thing that we we talked about a little bit was the sleeping at last any great playlist.
0: Mm.
1: I have listened to that a few times. And that's actually one of the few times that I was like, oh my gosh, I think I'm a three. because um, that song just like cut me to the core. But we use Enneagram sometimes when we're doing music and thinking about what what drives each of the Enneagram types and how we can use lyrics to figure out what matters to people. And so sometimes I will have my groups kind of try to try to type the narrators in the song or what they think the Enneagram types are. But I think that that could be a good Enneagram based resource with that combines with music. And if you haven't listened to those, there's one song for each of the nine types and kind of sheds a little bit of clarity on lyrics and music that pairs with the lyrics that reflect on the types.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but I would encourage people to make playlists together as a couple, mm-hmm. whether that's choosing prompts that you mutually want on there that's like, you know, songs that remind me of Fallen in Love, songs that are significant to my childhood or... Songs that are marked a significant moment in our relationship. Um, those are kind of some past-oriented ones, but you could do, like, a song that I'm really connecting with now just to, like, to connect further with each other or songs that um, remind me of our relationship dynamic or an a right, ideal relationship dynamic. Um, but also just songs that value things present things that I value in a relationship. There's a lot of different ways that you could create a couple's based playlist like that. But I think a lot of it comes back to just sharing with your partner why certain music is important to you and why you feel like you're connected to it.
0: Oh, that's so cool. That's just such a great gift to everybody listening. And I know they're making their Spotify playlist. I mean, have an EM Spotify playlist that I'll share for sure. on a fun Friday because I always try to get our Friday vibe on too. Um, And it is a different feel. So we do memes on Fridays to try to let go and shake it off a bit. And you just Mm -hmm. make me see there's a science to it. So thank you. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. It's like a predictable aspect that we can now incorporate here. So you have done us a great service. Where can everybody find you? I love your Instagram. So I hope you'll share that. Yeah, so my
1: my Instagram that I share a lot of this music-based wellness stuff is um, the handle is actually called musical underscore wellness. And I have been kind of trying to reflect a lot of the things that I use in my music therapy practice in tangible ways for people to interact with it and understand it and um, just kind of realize how important music is in their everyday lives and how we can be more intentional with you know, harnessing the power of it because it's just, it's a part of everything we do.
0: Yeah, it really is. And these rhythms are meaningful and have patterns and we are so glad you guys are touching so many lives including the lives of couples today. So that is perfect. Your Instagram sounds like a wonderful place to be. Awesome. And thank you just before we got on you said I just really also love to do the service to tell people about music therapy. So thank you for sharing that from your heart. That is really touching.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity to to talk about something that's really, you know, passionate to me and um I hope that other people also find something interesting in it.
0: Aw, yay. Well, I'm so glad and I'm grateful. And thank you so much, Destiny, for your time today. It was definitely Destiny, as I'm sure you hear all the time, to just end with some corniness also.
1: Oh, yeah, as long as you don't say Destiny's child.
0: (laughs) Oh, man, you beat me to it. All right. Well, anyway, we loved having you. Thank you so much again. Yeah, thank you so much. Okay, thank you guys so much for learning with me. What an interesting time with Destiny. Make sure you follow her musical wellness account. She is a wealth of info and I'm grateful. I also wanna make sure that you remember our Tuesday Fire newsletter. If you're like, I want deep dives on the things we learn on Monday. I really want to go there with you, Krista. I want some actionable, practical tips every Tuesday so that I can just step right into it before we hit up our mini episodes on Wednesday and I think that it really can help you to have that order in your life. And you know, I'm working on that. So that was my um, quest for this coming year was how to dive deeper with you guys on all kinds of levels. We have our special podcasts and deeper dive episodes and we'll have our 12 days of holidays for those listening live where we'll do some more fun things later in another week. But for now, keep on listening and learning with me. Keep on leaning in and now go get your fun, as I said, special gift from Melody, my daughter, who has created and asked our audience on Instagram to tell her the playlist for each Enneagram type. So go grab those. And those also include what Destiny reminded us of, which are the sleeping at last tracks for each song. So we actually want you to even add more because we got about you know, some of the types shared five to seven songs, some of them shared 15 songs. So come and add to that, share with us your favorite songs, whatever your type is, you can just reply to one of our newsletters or hit us up on Instagram. But we're so grateful we have that for you over there. And we will Take a look at the show notes and continue to, and know that we're just grateful for you. And we just wanted to share that with you. And I'm so thankful for Melody sharing that with us and um, bringing that to our website too. So I hope you guys have a great day and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as Enneagramandmarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.